2: and drops back. Throws an mounting pass upfield. Brady Sears gathers it in on the dead run and races all the way to score for Los Angeles. A 72-yard touchdown play. And first down inside his own five from his own
0: end zone. Sacked and a safety on Rudolph. Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews got to him. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage grand defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. He a whole burst he's through it he's got a tackle. Runs left. 25 stone feet. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on, and He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart.
1: Welcome to Ramsock Radio, week four postgame edition, and yes, we're live, and when we're live, weird things happen. I always have. I'm just going to wait for it to happen this time. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host, my partner in crime, Michael Stewart. What a day. What a day. Rams win 17-9 at home over the supposedly hapless New York Giants, New York came in and gave them a game. I mean, let's be real about that. New York gave them a game in many facets and that's without Saquon Barkley on the field for them. Mike, how you feeling?
3: Uh, personally, man, feeling good and uh, you know, as always, glad to get it in the win, Colin, but uh, I'm sure we'll have some great positives and some things that can be improved on, but uh, man, doing well, man. How about yourself?
1: Uh, just chilling like a villain. I just wanted to say that one time. You know, like a little that. tired, working hard, but, you know, we, we all gotta make a That's living these days. That's what we do. Yep. That's what we do. Grinding. But it's always nice to come together, talk some football, even on days when, <sighs> the Rams went ugly. At least they didn't lose. Maybe would be even more upset. Sometimes you gotta win ugly. Sometimes your, your team isn't, it's best on the field, and I guess today was one of those days. Uh, I guess it's fair to ask, what were your first thoughts?
3: Well, definitely, uh, I mean, we talk about it all the time. you you, you got to win games in two of the three phases, you know, kicking game, uh, offense, and defense. And there are some days when, if you're good enough, you might be able to just win it in one of those. You know, you got a kicker that's hitting 53-plus yard field goals, you know, all game, and you win the game 12 to 9. Uh, or a day when your defense may be out there, you know, more than 60, 70% of the time and just makes plays and you win that. Or your offense is lighting it up, and no matter what you're not doing on defense, they are just they just outscore the opponent. So, Today, for me, it was definitely one of these that swung a little bit to the defense. Uh, did a lot of good things. Made some plays down the stretch. Uh, but we're out there uh, a good number of the time. And as we say, pick me up. They picked up the offense today, for sure.
1: When it comes down to this team, you know, I still believe they're better than I thought they were going to be. But now when I look at... The two wins, right? You know, Dallas is one and three, got beat by the Browns at home today. The Browns. I mean, they gave up 49 points to Cleveland 49 right. points. And the Eagles are winless. They're doing okay tonight against the 49 as we're talking this through. Then last week, they, you know, they basically don't show up for a half and then I'm losing last drive again to the buffalo. I'm just wondering at this point about this team like where are they really like where do they where do they stand like it's hard for me to understand at this point where the where the rams are when a different team shows up every week. If that makes any sense.
3: Oh, definitely agree, definitely agree because you can't go play an away game and seem to light it up. And using Jarrett's golf words today in his little post-game interview, uh, he said, yeah, we just didn't really come out and get it done like we did, but, you know, thank you to the defense. And so, yeah, you want to see a team like this again, that you want to see that consistency across the board, you know. And if a team beats you, they beat you, but you can't have these – Seemingly offensive days when it doesn't seem like you can even like do much of anything. So, uh, yeah, interesting.
1: Well, it's, it's to me when you have the players you have on that roster at the wide receiver position, the tight end position, even at running back, because I think they are showing they have talent there. They didn't need Todd Gurley. We were everybody was so upset when. Todd Gurley was let go, and that hasn't been the problem this year. That really hasn't. I'm just thinking, well, why are they to me a little inconsistent? And there's different things that come to mind. You still have a young coaching staff. You still have a, you have a very young roster, second youngest team in the league. You have a basically a team that is still coming together and. Under any other circumstance, any other year, we would be happy to see this team three and one to start the year. But the last two weeks just to me raised concerns. And there's still a lot of pauses to take out this game. The Rams defense was on the field for almost the entire second half. At least it seemed like it. And they they held strong. They really did it. They came together, they they win this game seventeen to nine today. And you know in the end a w is a w and hopefully even in these tough games against teams that you are you, there's no doubt in my mind when you look at these two rosters right now the rams are the better football team they are but they should you got you have to pound teams like this you can't be in battles every every week you have to you need walkover games where you can rest players you can where you can you know get everybody in the roster on the field and just get reps in without every last snap being a a concern, and that to me is problematic. They needed a walkover game, and they didn't get it. So, I mean, we'll see. They, they have they have some big ones coming up.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was so funny. Uh, My son and I, we were talking on a Wednesday night, and he's like, yeah, Dad, you know, we got the hapless Giants, man. Man, if we don't blow them out by 21 points at least, and I'm going to be conservative, then, man, that's a problem. And then today, he's texting me back and forth. Can you believe this? And so, to your point, Derek, yes, this should have been a team coming across country don't seem to have a lot to play for, you know, don't seem like the, the head coach is really, you know, dialed in to them and then dialed into him, him. Uh, all these different things and lot to learn. But again, remember, we talked about with no preseason, no real offseason, you got new coaches, you got some new things, even though McVeigh is solid uh, or was a stay over a couple defensive coaches stay over. You still got a new special team coach. You got a new DC. You got a new quarterback coach slash helping with the offense coach. Uh, and a couple other fill in new weight uh, strength strength training coach. So you have a lot of changes. And like I said, you know, this was the fourth game. This is kind of like to me preseason is over. So uh, it almost looks like at least from Coach McVay from the offensive standpoint, It's almost like they're trying to make something instead of just, as we say, take what the defense or what the game dictates. If you can run on a team, hey, man, we'll just run it all day. We don't need to just keep trying to throw because I think that's what got uh, the Giants back in the game. But we'll dig into the numbers in a minute.
1: I mean, and yeah, we're going to get into the numbers. One thing there, too, that last Rams drive where they got the touchdown, it was them shifting to the pace. So, holy crap, it took you three and a half quarters to, to make that adjustment. You've been great at adjustments all year, and all of a sudden you figure out, well, let's just change the pacing. And it worked. Like, throw this defense off. If you're letting that front seven, which happens to be the giant strength, come at you, then you're setting yourself up for failure. This was, you know, the the Rams' leading rusher this game was had 37 yards. 37 yards rushing. I mean, this is not a team that will win football games on a normal basis without running the football. So, I mean, we'll get there. Because there there are some positives here. There are are definitely some positives. Before we get there, check us out on Apple Music. Please leave a five-star review if you haven't already. Um, It always helps helps us in the charts. We appreciate all the support you've given us over the years. And if you're looking to sponsor the, the podcast to put your business out there for everybody to, to check out, contact us at ramstop1945 at gmail.com or, or call us at 657 666 453. We'll be happy to get in touch with you. Okay, so the numbers, Mike. Here we go. New York had 19 first downs, the Rams had 15. The Giants were 4 of 13 for third downs. The Rams were 5 of 13. 1 of 2 and 4th down for the Giants. 1 of 1 for the Rams. 66 plays for the Giants. 57 for the Rams. 295 total yards for the Giants. 240 for the Rams. The Giants averaged 4.5 yards per play. The Rams averaged 4.2 total yards passing. 182 for the Rams. 159 for the Giants. The Rams averaged five 5.4 yards per pass. The Giants averaged three point nine. Giants threw an interception. They were Daniel Jones took five sacks for 31 yards. Jared Goff took two sacks for 18 yards. Rushing the football. This is where the Giants made their head. This is where they were able to take control of the game for much in the second half. They ran for 136 yards on 25 carries, 5.4 yards a rush, and that was really a lot in the second half. Rams 58 yards on 23 attempts, 2.5 yards a carry. Rams are 1 of 2 in the red zone. Giants are 0 and 4. 0 for 4. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Penalties. Referees let these guys play 4 penalties for the Giants for 20 yards. The Rams had 1 penalty for 5 yards. Not counting the offsetting penalty that Aaron Donald had for the personal foul. 1 turnover each. And here we go. Mike, time of possession. 33 minutes, 17 seconds for the Giants. 26 Forty-three for the Rams. Hmm, not my favorite. What'd you see? Yeah, yeah,
3: let's absolutely.
1: Go with yeah. the positives. Let's go, let's go with the positives first because there were some. I mean, it, it's really it's really weird when a win feels like a loss. It kind of does. But It's still a win. They're three and one. But three and one, they're well positioned. The, the schedule is favorable, fairly favorable throughout the rest of the season. So, let's roll there. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, if you look at, you come out first quarter, take the ball down, and uh, you know, get a score, and so, very positive. Uh, it looks like. You know, guys, at least defensively, there were some lapses, but you got guys that are flying around. You had a few more guys on that D front make a few more plays. Again, you had five sacks, very positive. Again, it seems to me, I feel like we can run the ball a lot more than we're actually running it. So I don't know why we're not sticking to it a little bit more. Uh so that's positive. And again, you know, you're getting it in the win column. So whether it's pretty, ugly, however you want to say it, uh you got three wins versus one losses. So all those things are positive and you know, those are things that you can build on. And again, I, I just humbly feel that with this now being four games in. Guys are kind of a little bit more into uh, the season mode, and hopefully we'll see a lot of improvement going forward. I have to think that they will.
1: I think I think we see every season, like, many, many players will find their niche. they They find their roles, and people emerge. We've seen that with Troy Hill over the years, Darius Williams last year. Even Taylor Rapp last year, people will emerge. And some people won't. And if like for example, if in the linebacking core no one does, then there's problems, right? But overall, it's still young it's still a young season. And it's a young team, second youngest team in the league. And it's oftentimes it's battles like this, you know, in a game where you basically play down to level your opponent. A lot of times, it's games like this that make you a better football team. That you know, put you in a place where you have to remember sometimes that things aren't going to go your way. You can't just say you're gonna, a team is 0 and three coming in. You're, we're going to roll over them. If you want to roll over a team, you need you need to go do it instead of just expecting it to happen. You have you have to do more than expect. You have to go do it. Expecting is great, but then you got to walk the walk. You got if you're going to talk the talk, and can believe the believing. Okay, <laughs> you got you got you have to walk that walk. You got to go out there and dominate them the way you believe you should. So for the Rams to hit this wall early, that's not a bad thing. I mean, I would have rather they gone out there and destroyed them. Honestly, but. If we're, if we're going to find positives, the defense gave up 295 total yards. Despite being on the field right. almost the entire second half.
3: True. Exactly. Exactly. So, again, you got some timely turnovers when you had to have it. Uh, and that's always positive. Like, making a play when you have to have it. You know, you can have... Say you're winning the time of possession and all that stuff, but if you're not making the plays when necessary, you still could end up losing a game like this. So to your point, hopefully the Rams go, yeah, man, we kind of took this one lightly. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. Whatever that is, and then we can make sure that, hey, we learned our lesson early on with a win as opposed to learning the lesson with a loss. So, yeah, all those things are positive and And, again, you know, i got to imagine guys are still trying to get used to playing in this environment. Typically, you play at home. You know, the cool thing is you're going to play in front of your fans, win the game, and then go out and eat with the family. But that's not the case. So uh, I'm sure all those things are causing for adjustments as well.
1: Yeah, other positive things, too, you know, the Rams – given credit here is 10 to 9 you start your drive at the 9 yard line and you have to do something here on the radio broadcast they're talking about how the team of 2018 those in 20 those good football teams were able to find wins in those situations and the rams did they went down the field 91 yards cooper cup going in the end zone and that was something that was needed to be done. So that, means, that deserves praise. They stepped up in the exact moment they needed it and got the score. That's what needed to happen. That essentially really put the Giants behind the eight ball and coming back and winning this game. So kudos to them. Kudos to the defense, you know, getting five sacks on Daniel Jones. Now, yes, I know the Giants' offensive line's horrid, horrible. Okay, and pass protection. But still, five sacks, they needed pass rushes, and the pass rush came from a couple different places. Uh, you know, Morgan Fox got one, for example. I mean, guys who are basically role players on this team, got they got one. That's not – those are those are positives. You know, different guys coming in there and getting a play, you know, geez. Ebicom got one, half of one. Brockers got one, Okorogwo got one, Aaron Donald got half of one. That's nice stuff, man. Justin Hollins came in and got one. Critical sack late in the game. I'll take it. And Darius Williams with that holy crap interception at the end. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful.
3: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. But, you know, again what caused that they were able to put a little pressure on Daniel Jones because quarterbacks are taught to throw that ball low and outside where they either your receiver catches it or it goes out of bounds. So he threw it a half a second late and threw it to the inside, which allowed the DB to make a heck of a grab. I mean, he stretched out and, uh, you know, got that ball like a receiver would. And, But I just was like, wow, if that ball would have thrown on time and outside, that would have been a catch. And they'd have been setting up on whatever it was, a two or three. But that's what you need in games. The defense actually came up collectively, pressure on the passer, a little bit Aaron thrown, thrown inside. And I caught the ball. I didn't hit the ball and didn't catch it and it dropped and you know, now they got another chance to still still have an opportunity to try to score. So, yeah, some some great plays down the stretch there.
1: And another thing that's positive too is Jalen Ramsey in this game outside of the end, and that's going to be something different we need to talk about. But Jalen Ramsey in the way that he was basically able to lock down where he was and making that critical play on. <laughs> oh boy, making that critical play to get our favorite receiver, Golden Tate. 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 Yeah, Golden Tate. (laughs) The guy who's been a constant thorn in the Rams' side for years, right? I mean, to put him down the ground the way he did, that's what you pay your star to do. I mean, big plays at the end sealed this game up for the Rams, and that's what you pay your stars for, and you have big plays come from from people who normally you would expect them from.
3: So those are your positives. Anything you want to add to that? No, that was real positive. I mean, one, it was a textbook hit, but that's the way you tackle a guy and let him know, like, yeah. But again, that was on a still a crucial play. Ended up being uh, stopping him on downs. Uh, so it was a big hit, a big play. Got the ball back into the offense's hand to at least – run some clock, or do some things. Uh, but again, if he doesn't make that play and he's able to get a first down, again, that extends the drive. So the main goal on defense is, as, they, as we say, let's go three and out and get off the field, get the ball back into the offensive's hand. And so they were able to do that even though they were out there a little longer than probably anticipated.
1: Now the negatives, though, overall. Where do you want to start here?
3: Well, uh negatives, I mean offensively, we have to be able to to just have more. It I don't know if I don't want to say it, it seems like we have lack of a game plan, but it doesn't seem like we're adjusting to whatever. You know, you're going to have a game plan, but sometimes it just comes a point where you got to scrap it and figure out some other things that are working. And so we talked about a little bit of off air in regards to it just seems like we're just going to this screen game thing and it's not fooling anyone. You know, that's one of the big things. Again, it doesn't seem like we stick to the run, even though we can get the run going as though hey, we just want to set these playoffs to try to do play action. Well, let's just run the ball. You know, what's wrong with that? Let's run, burn clock. O line, they love it. Uh, So I don't know if it's because you figure you paid these two receivers, you paid the quarterback, and you just got to try to light it up for 45 plus points a game. So that's a few of the things. What do you see?
1: Well, I I think, you know, I think it's just brought back some bad memories from last year and even a couple of times in previous years. With the Rams. Just kind of backing away from the run, and maybe part of it is, you know, guys getting nicked up a little bit. The offensive line didn't seem to have the push it's had in the, in the first three weeks of the season. It didn't seem to be cohesive. And we got to remember there there are some injuries on this Rams roster right now, especially up front. So I get it, but you this is the NFL. You still have to get that push. It just seemed like with that in mind, Sean McVay went back to that well that like he went to last year. like When when under pressure, he just starts throwing the football. And because they couldn't throw deep, because the front seven was putting so much pressure on golf, they had to keep looking down or anything. They were just throwing screen out to every Joe, except for your running back. And in 2017, 2018, <laughs> the years when this team was able to force defenses to back off the line a bit because they knew – the, the there was the danger of your running back, Todd Gurley, getting the ball out the backfield. Daryl Henderson is no Todd Gurley at the peak of Gurley's career. But he is a guy who can make plays out of the backfield. That's why the Rams drafted him. But they're barely ever going to him out of the backfield. They're barely ever going to any of these running backs out of the backfield. I I'm guessing if Cam Akers was in the lap they would be doing that. But you know what the Rams went away from the, the screen last year too. When Gurley was in the lineup, they started focusing on screens to people who, quite frankly, should never be involved in the screen. In the process, you're just giving that front seven room to come up, and if you allow a defense to collapse your offense on itself, and there's no fear of you going deep, and no fear of you stretching the field. Then you're going to struggle. If they're going to, re- we we've seen this. The Rams don't have a guy like Julio Jones. We've talked about that. They re- they rely on guys like Cooper Cup who will, who will pile up a yak. That's great to have, but if you don't have a guy like Julio Jones, then you have to compensate for that. And they weren't doing that. It's just the little things that I'm wondering, why does Sean McVay resort to this kind of inside the 10-yard? And some people are going to say, well, this is what the Rams are giving them. I mean, this is what, sorry, not the Rams. This is what teams are giving them. A contending team, a team that is loaded with talent, it's not about what teams are giving them. It's about what you're giving teams. You have to dictate the game, not allow, not allow defense to dictate the game to you. You got to take some shots. You can't allow them to make you into a 10 yards and under team all game long. That's my concern. Defensively, I'm concerned they don't have enough playmakers. Yeah, I mean, Ramsey showed up today. Donald was, was solid. They need playmakers, though, who Korea create plays. Johnson had a couple nice plays. They need more playmakers in there. Guys who could stuff, make critical stuffs. At different points throughout the game, and at 135 yards. Who is that person? Who's the anchor in the linebacking core? Who, who becomes that? That's what I'm wondering. There's my. There's the, that, those are my concerns there.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, you hit on some great points. There was a, a series. You know, we were on a basically a 15 play drive right before the half uh and we had a blown assignment allowed a guy just come right up the middle and make a sack put us in field goal instead of an opportunity maybe put in the end zone so I don't know if there has there's some lack of confidence and you know the old line still gelling and assignments and things like that but you can't have that happen. Defensively very concerned about the run. The Giants kept coming with uh what we call 12 personnel two tights and they would set, set them on the left side and then shift them to the right side and put it in trips on that right side. And then they would just run it up the middle for like 10, 12. And another kid, you know, broke for them. I'm like, okay, man, every time they bring me two tight ends, they shift them over. They run the same play basically right over the center or the running back. would He would hit the center hole or guard hole, whatever, wherever he saw fit to run And I go, okay, that's concerning. Uh, And then I kept looking. I said, is Aaron in there? Then he wasn't. As soon as he comes in, he makes a play. So now I'm looking like, okay, is Aaron kind of getting banged up to your point last week? uh, Because it's like he's not in there all the time like you would think. It's like they're trying to arrest him or play him in spots. And then when he comes in, yes, he shows up. But I'm like, okay, this is... Is concerning as well you just can't have you can't just be getting gas for 8 12 15 yards on runs you you can't have that and get a a good consistency of winning because what do do you think the Niners are going to do they will run the ball the Cardinals they're going to run the ball we saw the Seattle they will run the ball so Again, when you're talking now we get down the stretch and now we're starting to get into the thick of this, this conference play, uh, we got to somehow you know, fix some of that because that's just too easy.
1: And uh, you brought Seattle up, and the Rams have played very well against Seattle in the last couple of years. And this is part of the first season where I'm really questioning how the Rams' defense matches up with Seattle because Seattle really does have weapons now. You know Russell Wilson threw for 360 yards. Granted, it was Miami, but they have a decent running back in Chris Carson. Decent, But the receivers, D- D- DK Metcalf is big, strong, yes. four catches, 106 yards. Yeah. Tyler Lockett saw you have, t- you have tight ends there out the wazoo. You know, Disley yeah. yeah. and Olsen. This is an offense now that if they protect, if they protect, that's a big one, Russell Wilson, then they're going to be really tough to beat. And this is the first time that I've been concerned about how the Rams will face Seattle. Seattle's 4 0. I don't think they're as good as their 4 0 record is. However, I can say that sometimes it's about how you match up. And I don't think the Rams match up very well their defense against the Seahawks' offense right now. I really don't. They, they don't have enough. The Rams have been very good over the years of, of getting pa- a pass rush on a Russell Wilson. And really, ma- and really, yes. forcing him out of his comfort zone. They don't ha- even with the five sacks today. I think we can all agree they don't have a diversity of pass rush right now to cause the same kind of problems for Russell Wilson. And that's a big problem,
3: right? right. That's a big problem. That's a big problem. So that's what I'm saying. You know, four games in, we kind of got the preseason. Now we're kind of, in my mind, we're into season mode. Okay, we're making adjustments. We now should know what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are. And now we should try to exploit both, you know, weaknesses. Let's get those corrected or covered up strengths. Let's exploit those against the other team. So, but again, you got this thing called injuries and, you know, what is not on the injury report, you know, is a guy really playing at full speed, Uh, all those kinds of things. But again, to your point, if Cooper cuff, doesn't they don't speed it up at that last kind of series when they hit the big play basically blown assignment on uh giant defense you know i don't know what the outcome was but obviously it was a blown assignment running wide open and he hits him but yeah and he had to dig get the end zone so again these kinds of things we we can't rely on uh you don't really have luck to a degree unless you kick a field goal from 60 yards out and it bounces off the upright and goes in. That's a little lucky, but playing in the NFL, and that's what we talked about last week, no matter what a team's record, it's the NFL. And on any given day, that team can show up and beat the other team that they shouldn't.
1: Yeah. Craig goes to the giants as well. The giants, have not played well for for the most part. They've lost their best player offensively. And, you know, Joe Judge out there in New York has faced some questions. Well, that team showed up for him today. And they exhibited the fact that they have talent, especially on defense, that front seven, that can keep them in some games. If, if they can really turn the corner with that talent, the Giants do have a future there with, with Judge. I do think that they're showing – they showed that, and – I mean we'll see how that develops, see how that happens, but I wouldn't be surprised if I were a Giants fan if this team starts to, to come around the next couple of years. He comes with a great pedigree. And I know not all of Bill Belichick's proteges have done that, have made it, but you know, I like what he I even mean, they gave the they game planned very well for the Rams today. That was a well prepared Giants team.
3: Well, you got you can't forget who their offensive coordinator is. You know, it's it's a guy named uh, former head coach for the for the Cowboys, young Jason Garrett. Mm -hmm. So I was looking on the sideline. You can look at their offense. A lot of times, we we talk about uh, offense or defense takes on the character of their coach. Uh, You know, one of the things last week uh, with the Jets, you know. Greg Williams is their defensive coordinator. And they're getting all these penalties, and they've been getting penalized, and, you know, to the point Steve Smith is in the booth. Oh, well, I played against them, and players have told me that they got to do certain things or they will get fined. But the De- Jets defense, they take on the character of Greg Williams again. You know, we had a thing, bounty gate, but he's known for his defenses playing physical. I'm looking at Jason Garrett today. He didn't get like one panic look on his face the whole time. He just kept dialing up stuff for the young quarterback who played fairly well. So you always look at, hmm, you got a guy who's been a head coach. And I would imagine uh Coach Judd isn't fearing that he's got to look over his shoulders, but you have a guy who's been a head coach and Knows all he can sees. Hopefully, that's a benefit to Coach Judge. Uh, but you can look at their offense; they didn't really show panic. They actually showed a lot of resolve uh, by the way they played.
1: Yeah, and they and that's a good sign for their future out there. I mean, the Giants don't have a whole lot of, of talented skill position players. You know, behind Saquon Barkley, running back, no one scares you. You know, they they have Ingram, who I think is really solid potential at a tight end, and Golden Tate's your main receiver, enough said, right? You know, that's your, that's who you right. got right now. Right, so, right. as that offensive line comes together, they, they still miss a couple pieces. At You know, they got to really protect Daniel Jones. There, There is, like, the end of the tunnel for the Giants. I know there's a lot of people who don't think so, but I think they're on the right path, and they showed that today. For the Rams, they, they have to... Adjust from here. I mean, the idea here is every given Sunday, and on this Sunday they were able to pull it out. But they got the they got the forty nine ers in a couple weeks. That's coming, and they're gonna get in division play soon enough. They they gotta figure this out. You know, they gotta. The Niners were originally built to beat the Rams. That's, that's how I view the, the whole mindset of how the, the Niners were built was, was on being the Rams. So one more thing here, Mike, and this is where I'm, I'm not sure where you stand on this. At the end of the game, Golden Tate and Jalen Ramsey get into it, and it's ugly. It brings players from both teams together in a, in a, a bit of a brawl there. You know there's going to be fines you know there's going to be problems there with that um, I want to know what your thoughts are, I'm going to kind of wait and put my thoughts in there last, but this game, this is after the game, This is and apparently there's some personal stuff here, this is personal stuff leaking into the professional what are your thoughts
3: oh, it's going to happen it's absolutely going to happen you know, guys aren't caring about fines, they're not worried about any of that kind of stuff because when it gets personal, like it absolutely is, with uh, Ramsey and Tate, you know, having to do with Jalen's sister. Uh, and he's been on the record saying what he would do to him. And, you know, it started with the hit. And then after the game, it carried over. And so uh, it's unfortunate on one hand, but I could see how it happens. And I'm going to digress. It's kind of like... You know, again, talking to my son, I call him the next GM. Uh, we're talking about the Doc Rivers uh, getting let go. And they was like, oh, man, you know, can't keep being up 3-1 and lose. But my first thing was Doc Rivers had to coach a guy and Paul George who kind of messed up and was fiancé with his daughter only to do some other things pretty well talked about with another young lady who now he's currently with. My question is, did part of that chemistry have to do with, as a father, I'm sure they go, hey, Balmer, we're thinking about bringing Paul George in. Like, Does he go, okay, professional, I don't like this dude for what he did, but for the sake of the team, we can do this. I don't know. But when it all went down and then some things started coming out that Now, Paul George is not the most well-liked. It doesn't have a lot of respect in the locker room. Go, yeah, see, that makes sense when he talks about us as a team. So I say all that to say this. When you have certain things, some guys will say family blood is thicker than water. I don't care if I get fired. I don't care if I have to go to jail. When I get my turn, I'm going to let the other person know. Jalen Ramsey seems like one of those guys that he's going to follow up on what he said. Uh, But, again, you know, we'll see when all the fines come down. Because, again, you got this whole thing about social distancing and with the situation that's happened with Tennessee and a lot of guys. And so uh, the league is taking all this kind of stuff serious that... Limiting so much contact, extra contact is necessary. So, what are your thoughts?
1: I thought it was incredibly selfish.
3: Ah, come on with it.
1: I mean, I think. I mean, if you got a problem with that dude, and you want to go, ham- you want to go hammer it out. You go hammer it out. I mean, you have Ramsey has two young daughters with Tate's sister okay so you obviously know how to find each other you know how to find each other if this you, which is bad enough if you happen to find each other right? if you get what I'm saying but to do it on the field which is going to draw both teams together when in the end you are supposed to be limiting contact yeah I'm going to hear well they already played against each other all game yeah but you know what Let's frame it this way: We had a presidential debate this past week on a Tuesday. On a Thursday, the president of the United States is is positive for COVID. It takes two to seven days, oftentimes, to show up, right, or more. Okay, so they can test all they want to their blue in the face. We've had many pa- false positives. We've had pulse, uh, many. False negatives. There's a really good chance you got someone in that field who's got COVID. As we've seen in the last few days of the NFL, Cam Newton with COVID. A whole outbreak on the Tennessee Titans team. So what are you going to do? You play in the field, fine. Let's go ahead and just, you know, blow more germs out on each other on the field. And who's who's at the center of that? Ramsey and Tate. You got a problem, fine. You go deal with it off the field you know, bring your whole entire team you are the high. you are the you are the highest paid defensive back in the league you're being paid a to lead and b you're being paid to produce you're producing if you're suspended you're not producing if you're sick it's just an incredibly immature thing to do and i expect better out of a guy who's being who is regarded now as a leader on that roster I know people are human, Mike. I get that. People, and, and things are personal. Okay, you have enough sense to go handle personal things on a personal level, in a personal place, not in public.
3: Well, I, I get what you're saying, but I play with a guy named Brian Cox. In a number of different games, he's going either on the sideline, in the team huddle, Buffalo went literally almost in the other team's locker room. But he's a guy from East St. Louis, and he doesn't sell a lot of Wolf tickets. But the crazy thing is, as crazy as that stuff sounds, he was like a real protector of the Miami Dolphin uniform and, and, you know, protection of players as teammates and things like that. Uh, But he was also one of these guys because you have a lot of guys that talk a big game because they got other people around. And then there's other people like, guy. I mean what I say. So I can see where you say it's a little selfish uh, when you're talking about, obviously, this whole thing about COVID, because like I tell everyone, Oh, you know, it's just this and just that. Yeah, but it's actual people that's died. So, why do I want to be one that could die? I don't. So, yeah, you don't know how COVID is going to affect you. And, and, yeah, hopefully they catch it early and your body responds and it's not that big a deal. But who wants to put themselves in extra harm's way? Because, absolutely. Like you said, with all the testing and all the protocols they have in place, guys and people, and whether it's in the league, players or staff or extended people, uh, it's still not a hundred percent that you can't get it. So, that being said, yeah, there was a lot of people around at the end of the game, and I think the only people that really had masks on were like coaches. So. Yeah, that's probably going to be some heavy fines, but uh, again, some people take blood as thicker than water, and they mean what they say.
1: I mean, it is, but you can hang on that blood is thicker than water stuff on a personal level. It's not like they don't know how to find each other out outside the building. I mean, if it's, if it's got to be that way, it's got to be that way, but you just basically risk the health of both rosters, you know... It's, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's probably a small risk, but it's still nonetheless a risk.
3: Well, it, it's true. But if I kept the guy outside, now I'm going to go to jail for assault. Mm. I'm not going to go to jail for assault for getting in a fight on the field. You're not, you're are gonna you really going to go,
1: okay, let's let's just roll out outside SoFi where there's security, yeah. or am I going to go, hey, let's go, uh, you, you can go find something a little more private. Or you know what? You're somewhere in this area where no one's going to find you. But my, my point is this. You still risked it. No matter the explanations about, well, we're not going to go to jail if we do it here, right? But you still risked it. You still risked your team. You still risked your You still your season. You just had 100 players come together in this big ball, <laughs> breathing on each other at one time.
3: Yeah, well, well to your point... Now, we'll see what happens. Like, what does a league do? Because I'm sure they know there's some prior history, right? That prior history, A, part of the conduct detrimental to the team that's in everybody's contract kind of falls in here, right? But it's already another level of that with the whole COVID thing. They got other extra protocols that are put in place even with that. We saw, again on the Monday night or Thursday night game, yeah, where the coach is telling his players to get in the locker room because it was already getting testy towards the end of the game or throughout the game. And he's like, hey, just get in the locker room, get in the locker room. So, again, it'll be interesting to see how this even came about. Was it like, yeah, man, I'm going to let you know, or did they start saying wolf tickets and then it just got going that way? But to your point, Is the league now going to say, we have to set an example? Guys, we're not having this because it's tough enough. We're trying to do everything we can to keep everybody healthy, safe, and sound without all this extra stuff. And you guys just don't want to abide by the rules. Sometimes in that case, it's like a judge. Hey, man, didn't we just see you in here last month? And I told you if I saw you before my court again, I'm going to give you the max next time. Oh, oh, you're honored, but it wasn't my fault. You get the maximum this time, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, man. I, I am. Mean,
1: I, I maybe yeah, I like I'm being maybe yeah, I sound like I'm being too hard on him, but at the end of the day, you're being paid millions of dollars. You are the highest paid defensive back in the league. You are being paid to perform for sixteen games. Heaven forbid these guys all pop positive in the Giants and Rams midweek this week. I mean.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. And I think what you're more or less pointing at, and, and we look for that, and that's what I'm looking for in my players is, you know, one accountability and trustworthiness. You know what I mean? And, again, you don't want to have one of your better players, someone that you actually need on your team, To be out for an extended period of time because now you're suspended for two or three games, whatever they might give you. Uh, Or they say, we're going to give you four games. It just lets you know how serious we are. And maybe you'll pill it and now you get two. I don't know. But yeah, that's what you're looking for. Again, Jaylee, it's not like you're just a guy on the team, you know, on the practice squad. No, you're counted on. You were brought here, you got re signed. And we need you to be able to keep your head in these situations where it's not going to cost everybody else. I definitely agree with that.
1: I mean that. Wow, I, th- I thought for sure. I thought for sure we would butt heads on that one.
3: Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> so, any closing thoughts here? My closing thoughts are just simply this: I, I just want to love to see my Rams play with the confidence kind of across the board. And I don't know what it is. It, it just doesn't feel like we're a solid three and one. It, it almost seems like, you know, you hate to say it for NFL teams, we're looking up on these wins and, you know, eventually our luck is going to run out. So I would just like to see us be, you know, more solid. And if we lose a game, we're not losing it because we don't know how to get a first down on a third and four, or we just become past happy when we can just feed somebody and, and get it going. So, uh, but again, we talked about it before. The more you get in the bank at, at the beginning, hopefully the less you have to get in the bank at the end. So we're three and one with what? 12 games ago. So let's get it.
1: I mean, on my end, I just want to see his team keep getting better. Seems like they've regressed a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but you know, maybe that's how things go with the young team. I mean, that's let's let's roll with that. They got the Redskins next week on the road. We'll see how this rolls out. All right. So hey, check us out on social media at TalkRams on Twitter. Go to Facebook, find us in the Rams Talk page. We have the Rams Talk Room as well where we have an actual group of people talk it out. Follow our writers at ramstalk.net dot net not dot net 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 ramstalk.net and follow mike on twitter at 1223 and me on twitter at dc apollo we'll see you midweek Sarlo wasn't a midweek show for the giants things didn't work out in the end with um the giants guy nick over there timing just didn't work out i mean everybody's life is different now with with coven but we'll try and get somebody to help preview the Redskins with us not the Redskins the washington football team so work on that one mike i we've I've been calling them the Redskins for 30-plus years now. They're still still having some. – I'm not over the Washington football team. That's who they're playing next week.
3: Yeah, man. That's – you know, you got to remember one of my first biggest games was in uh, JFK. And so – and I grew up watching, you know, Riggins and Art Monk, you know, part of those guys just getting it in and then absolutely getting to play against those guys uh, – Again, in JFK, it's just weird to 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 hear a Washington football teams like, okay, man, I think we're taking stuff. I, I get it, but it's it's just a team name. I don't think it was any disregard for the, the people, but what do I know?
1: Well, um, welcome to twenty twenty. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Some people know more than us. All right, we'll see you guys in a week. We'll preview the the Washington football team as the Rams head east. We're out of here. We're out.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer.